Hello, and welcome back to 3D Printing Basics. This is episode number 13, and for this episode, we are going to be answering some listener questions that they have. Before I get into it, I would like to ask if you please support this podcast and follow it, rate it five stars. The support I've gotten is tremendous as always, and I would really appreciate it if you would continue to support me and help me out. With that being said, let's get into it. These are some responses I have from the Google form that I put up for the last episode. And there were some very good questions that I thought I would put together and make an episode about. So question number one that I got from this Google form was, how did you find businesses to work with? And for me personally, the businesses that I found to work with, almost every single one of them came to me. I did start off on Etsy, so that was a given user base, but when it asked me how did I find businesses to work with, I mostly think to my Google page. There's this thing when you have a when you set up a business Google account that's called Google My Business and it lets you set up a page so that you show up in maps and that you can show up in searches. So For instance, when people search up 3D printing services near me, there's a page with my business and information and my phone number on that that comes up when you search that. And so most of the time I'm just getting phone calls and I answer them and then we work together or they can send me an email or they can go through my website. But that is mostly how I find the businesses to work with. I don't do a lot of approaching businesses even though I'm going to definitely start doing that. I want to do that more because I want to work more with business to business. So I will definitely be doing more of that. But so far, almost every single business and person that I have worked with has come to me first. And the next question is, how do you become a good troubleshooter to be happy with print quality? And I think that's a really good question. I think... To be a good troubleshooter, this is just something that comes with time. You just have to keep going and over time, the more and more that you have to maintain and troubleshoot your printers, the better you will get at noticing problems or little things that need to be tweaked in order to get better print quality and in order to be happy with your prints. And this is definitely something that I struggle with at the beginning. I think every 3D printer is going to struggle with this, especially at the beginning of their careers. But like I said, it's just something that the more you do, the easier it's going to be to notice things and to be able to fix the little things like belt tension and noticing when your nozzle might be a little loose or something like that. So that's just something that comes with time. I think overall, If you wanted to learn as much as you can, there's tons of YouTube videos out there that can really help. I know ModBot specifically is really good at videos like that. He's really good at making videos to point out things like that. And I really like him because he's really clear and understandable. So I would suggest looking at his YouTube channel. It's M-O-D-B-O-T. I really like him a lot. And I think he was integral for me learning more especially about how to be a good troubleshooter and to be happy with print quality. Okay, the next question is this person who says, I am sure experience is everything here, but 
what advice or practice did you go through to learn to get optimal prints? And I think this ties into the last question. The advice that I would have for optimizing prints is to just tweak some things, but I don't think there's a whole lot of things that need to be tweaked when it comes to optimizing a print. I tend to run with mostly the stock settings that come with the slicer or the printer. I don't change a whole lot of stuff like temperatures or retract settings or flow settings. I really think that these companies know what they're doing when it comes to putting their stock settings out there. And so I think I think that you can just run with those and be pretty pretty good. So that's what I do. I don't do a whole lot of tweaking when it comes to the print settings. The only thing I'll tweak from time to time is if I'm noticing there's a lot of stringing, then I will do a retract test that Orca Slicer has and then tweak the retract settings. But the only other thing that I really do is if I get a new roll of filament, I do flow tests and calibration tests. And even that half the time after I'm done doing those, I still use the generic settings that come on Orca Slicer just because at the end of the day, I don't think it's too critical when printing st- simple filaments for beginners like PLA or PETG. I just don't think it's all that necessary that we go through super, super like fine tuning. And I just don't think that's all necessary to be able to get a good print. Okay. Next question we have here is how do I get past the learning curve of Fusion 360? Now, that's a very valid question because Fusion 360 is pretty difficult to learn, especially if, like I've mentioned on previous episodes, if you started with Tinkercad and are now trying to move to Fusion 360. I That's what I'm trying to do right now, and I'm finding it very, very difficult because there's almost no similarities from Tinkercad to Fusion 360, and so it's almost like I'm starting completely brand new. So the suggestion that I would have for this is just watch as many YouTube videos as you can. I know I say go to YouTube a lot, but YouTube is basically just a university for anything and it's free. So I would suggest just with whatever spare time you may have, watch videos, Fusion 360 tutorials. There's a ton of them out there. There's a ton of them specifically catered for 3D printing. That's what I'm doing currently. I'm watching one person in particular who has a whole series on learning Fusion 360 specifically for 3D printing. And he's really helping me to get over this learning curve and get over the hill when it comes to learning something completely brand new. But that's what I would suggest is just reach out to other people who are good at it if you have any questions and just watch tons and tons of YouTube videos and just trial and error. I truly believe it's going to be pretty difficult to learn something if you're not on there actively trying to do stuff on it. So what I'm trying to do is if I have a design that I know I'm not going to be able to complete on Fusion 360, I finish it on Tinkercad. And then once I'm done with it, I take I go over to Fusion 360 and I start completely over and I try and make the same part on Fusion 360. And that's really helping me with learning the ins and outs of it and also just becoming better and knowing what to look for when it comes to designing on Fusion 360. 
Okay, last question we have here today is how to fix belt tension and ugly layers on an Ender 3 V2. And I think this is a good question because I think a lot of us, especially the people listening to this podcast, are going to be familiar with Ender 3s. And that also reminds me that might be a t-shirt that I might be coming out with. I might be coming out with a t-shirt that says like I heart my Ender 3 or something related to an Ender 3 just because I think for a show called 3D Printing Basics, I think we tie directly into an Ender 3 and I think we relate very closely to an Ender 3. So I think if I did come out with t-shirts or merchandise like that, I think it would be related to some kind of Ender 3. But I'm going to make another Google form to go with this episode. It will be down in the description and it will have a more closely, a more specific poll on what t-shirt you might be interested in getting. But I had a lot of responses on the last one and I really appreciate the support. Anyways, back to the question. The question of belt tension and how to fix ugly layers on an Ender 3. So for belt tension, I've heard a bunch of different ways to, to check belt tension. But for me, what I do is I just flick it like it's a guitar string. And if it sounds good to me, and it just looks good to me like i'm i'm pressing the belts together that's really all you need like there's nothing specific i've seen people using like guitar tuners to get the right tune sounding on the belt to get it right but for me personally i'm just tightening it until i think it looks good i don't think there's anything specific with it needing to be crazy good or crazy tight or super super specific i just think overall it just needs to be tight, but as long as you're not over-tightening it or leaving it crazy loose, I feel like there's a wide range of belt tension that is usable and acceptable for 3D printing. So there's not much to it. I don't have much to say about belt tension. And I also am not sure if the ugly layers on an Ender 3 V2 is directly correlated with the belt tension. I haven't had an Ender 3 in a long time, so I don't think I could speak from a point of expertise on it. But it could be something in your slicer settings that's causing the ugly layers. It could be something other than the belt tension on your printer that's causing the ugly layers. The only thing I would say is that don't just diagnose the belt tension as a singular problem for your ugly layers. If you're having problems with print quality, make sure you go through the whole checklist of, oh, it could be this, it could be this. It could be this. It could be this. And even if, say, your belt tension is bad and you fix that, that could not be the answer. So make sure you, even if you fix what you think is the main problem, still go through the rest of the checklist and just run diagnostics on your whole printer. So that way you know if you fix everything on the printer and the printer's running good and you're still getting ugly layers, then it's definitely going to be a slicer problem or it could be a material problem. And just keep running through the checklist, run through the process of elimination, and until you get to the problem and hopefully you end up fixing these ugly layers. And that is all the questions that I had on this survey, but I was very, very happy with it considering I only left it up for like six days and I was super happy with the participation in it and it's convinced me that I'm going to keep making Google Forms. I think Google Forms is better than the Spotify 
kind of polls that I've been doing because the Google Forms, if you're on Apple or you're on Amazon Music or you're on Google Podcasts, you can still participate versus I'm pretty sure the Spotify Forms are only available on Spotify itself. So I'm going to keep doing Google Forms. There's going to be one in the description of today's episode. If you would like to, there's also going to be a link to support my podcast. It would really mean a lot and would help offset the cost of making this podcast. But I'm so blessed and so thankful for everyone who listens to this podcast. When I started it 13 episodes ago, I never could have imagined we're at the point that we are at now. So it really means a lot to me that everybody is willing to tune in and listen to what I have to say. So thank you so, so much. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And thank you for listening to this episode. And I'll talk to you next time.